Welcome back to Second Watch on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, the day after Alabama's 34-20 win over the Tennessee Volunteers. A wild, wild afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium, no doubt about it. We got a lot to get into as Alabama makes it 10 in a row at home in the series over the Vols. So if you were wondering if there were any streaks that were still alive going into this one after Tennessee's win in Knoxville a year ago, well, yeah, Alabama was looking to make it 10 straight at BD, and it did just that on Saturday. Let's get into the game here as we start early in the first quarter. Tennessee with the football, Alabama deferring after winning the opening coin toss. That would prove pretty big given the events of the close of the second quarter. We'll get into that, obviously, coming up in just a little bit. But here is Tennessee with those wide splits to both sides of the field. Joe Milton with Jalen Wright to his left, working in a spread formation. Third and six. Alabama's going to bring some pressure here, as we'll see as we run it. Here comes, well, here comes six for Alabama in the pass rush. Unfortunately for the Crimson Tide, Milton with those wheels, able to break the pocket and finish on that third down conversion with emphasis. Nice job by Jalen Wright here. He steps up, does a good enough job in pass pro against Deontay Lawson. And as you can see there, once Milton sees he has the edge, he's going to take it. Give Malachi more credit coming off that injury, giving it a go, playing in this game when it was questionable as to whether or not he would participate at all. He did, and he paid for it right there against a big quarterback. That's going to happen to more than a few guys. You know, it's not that Malachi's a little guy, but Joe Milton is an exceptionally large human, bigger than even Jalen Milrow. So when he gets into the open field and he has that approach of taking on smaller defensive backs, that's sort of the result you can expect. And so then you move it forward, and Alabama now faced with a first and 10 on defense in its nickel package. And this is still heavy nickel personnel, but what happens is, again, Tennessee gets you spread out. And Alabama had shown on that scramble earlier by Milton that we showed you that it was going to man up in some of these situations. Now, I got to think in this particular instance, since Alabama only rushed three, Milton's hurt you with his legs already. So now you're going to rush three and you're still kind of in run mode because you have to be against this Tennessee offense. It is an early down. You've got Chris Braswell matched up against Squirrel White, though, here in the slot. And Milton's going to go and take advantage of that. Braswell really, when you look at it, doing about as good of a job in coverage as a 250-pound guy can do against a slot receiver. And by the way, there is uh, Courtney Upshaw watching on another number 41. He's thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't have to cover slot receivers about 10 or 12 years ago with the way football is being played today. But it is a touchdown, and it's also a hell of a play, as you'll see here. Look at this catch from Squirrel White. I mean, that's literally by the fingertips. And Braswell actually recovered on the play. You know, showed some speed to give himself at least a chance to make the catch contested. But it is a touchdown for the Tennessee Vols. You go back and you watch that replay, and you kind of see Jalen Key. Is he playing middle of the field coverage? Is he supposed to have help over the top? You know, those are one of the things that we don't always know in these watchbacks. That 
and offensive line assignments without knowing the blocking schemes, without knowing the coverages, it gets a little difficult to be all that definitive about who was supposed to be where, where was help supposed to be coming. We'll get into some of that with the offensive line as well. So Alabama football now down seven to nothing, facing a third and three. Jalen from the gun going to give it to Jace McClellan. And, you know, the left side, really the center, Seth McLaughlin, along with Tyler Booker, a good initial double team. But you had a free-running inside linebacker that's able to come and make that play. And right there, if you look, you see J.C. Latham. Looks like he's maybe indicating to Jaden Roberts, you got to cut off that backside inside backer. You see that? Yeah. And we'll see it again here as we run it. You see Jaden Roberts and J.C. over here working against the left side. And Tennessee had stacked its two best pass rushers to one side there. Well, Jaden and J.C. take care of that, but then you got a free-running 44 for the Vols who's able to help make that stop there and keep Alabama short of a first down. So it's Tennessee football with 10.01 left in the first quarter. Third and nine for the Vols, those wide splits. Once again, Alabama still, because Tennessee will run the football here, Alabama still in heavy nickel personnel. So it's nickel package for the Crimson Tide. Milton going to take it, and he's going to throw the quick tunnel into the boundary. Now watch watch Justin Aboigby right here on the nine for Alabama. Nice job of retracing his steps because this thing's set up pretty good. Got Lawson blocked, got Jalen Key blocked, and it is really up to Aboigby to make a hustling stop there. Eight tackles for Aboigby in the game. As you can see, this is set up nicely, but a Boigby does just enough on Squirrel White to keep him short of a first down. And with that, Alabama football, moments later, facing a first and 10 from its own 30-yard line, going to need protection right here to help this thing open up to Malik Benson on the dig route to the top of the screen. Benson working on the outside, and it's pretty good from that perspective here Jay steps up to take on McCullough, the safety who's coming here. Doesn't really get a ton of him, but look at what J.C. Latham is doing right there to James Pierce. He almost gets a twofer in the way that he pancakes Pierce. But McCullough's still right there. Jalen able to get the ball out accurately and on time to Malik Benson, and that is a first down for the Crimson Tide when they really needed one in this football game. There again, you see McCullough coming. Jason, good shape, just doesn't really get enough of him. The in-breaking route from the top of the screen, you really had a couple of those on this play. And, you know, Jalen had shown you back in the back in the spring. Even in the 8A game, he was hitting these kind of throws. Now, they weren't always getting caught, but he was accurate even back in the spring on some of those routes. So now a second and goal and some big red zone defensive stops for Alabama and did a nice job. Look, created some of their own fortune in some of these. Also, some individual efforts that you got to have. And this is one right here from Deontay Lawson because Tennessee, as we told you throughout the week, wrote about it there at BamaOnline.com, loves those tight ends in the red zone. And they're going to try to hit one right here on a second and goal. And it's set up pretty nicely 
because Downs right there to line looks to be losing leverage. Hooks the tight end a little bit now. I guess it depends on how you decipher the rule here. But Deontay Lawson is able to deflect the pass. So it is a deflected pass. It's a tip. And that saved Alabama in probably more ways than one right there in forcing the Tennessee field goal. Alabama football late in the first quarter, a third and six from its own 29. Jalen wants to set up in the pocket. Probably going to be something similar to what we saw to Benson a little bit earlier. At the top of the screen, you can see James Pierce for Tennessee working that bull rush against Caden Proctor, and it's effective. It's not a clean win, but with Jalen squatting just a little bit there in the pocket, it gives Pierce time to get there and also force a fumble in the process, uh, and it's recovered by Tennessee, and I hear you on that right there. Time to fire up the ultras, down 10 nothing. <laughs> You got a strip sack you're dealing with. It might be a $100 day, a cold beer at Bryant-Denny with the way this thing is going for some Alabama fans. But you'll see it once again, Caden giving ground on the bull rush. But there's also times where your quarterback, if he has that sort of innate feel that we've seen from some quarterbacks, not all, it's not something that every quarterback has. It's not something that is entirely developable uh, when, it talks, when you talk about quarterback play. But Caden gives up just enough ground. You see, though, if Jalen's able to just hop up in the pocket a little bit, he's in pretty good shape otherwise. He doesn't. Pierce gets home. The ball is on the ground. It is Tennessee football in great field position. Now, once again, need a red zone stop. And once again, Tennessee wants to work these tight ends. And this is a concept similar to to what Tennessee actually ends up scoring on a little bit later, late there in the second quarter. You'll see Warren here coming off into the flat, and he's pretty much open at this point, able to create some traffic, get some rub going there. You got Lawson with the back to the sideline. Jihad Campbell's trying to get over the top, but he's not going to get there. And Tennessee, excuse me, that's Lawson on the tight end and Campbell with the back. And this is this close to being a touchdown for the Vols. Instead, it's another field goal. Big red zone stop. 13 to nothing now, though. Tennessee once again in this series for the third straight year, really taking it to Alabama in the opening period. 48 first quarter points in the last three games in this series for the Vols. So Alabama really needs to get something going offensively. And what do you know? It is a jet sweep. We haven't seen many, if any, of those this year, have we? I think we saw one actually to Amari Nyblack in the Mississippi State game. So I know a tight end for Alabama has had a jet. But this is a guy that can do something with it. And this is also showing you why Alabama likes this guy in the return game, too, because this is essentially what it is. And when you watch Tennessee at the second level of the defense, watch the linebackers, and watch what even the threat of the running back does with those guys. Boy, look at the eyes in the backfield. They're all staying in there because they're anticipating run on second and four. And if it's a run for Alabama, a lot of times so far this season, it has been between at least starting between the tackles. This is a sudden sweep 
to Kendrick Law, who has big yardage in front of him and does a nice job of maximizing the opportunity there for a much-needed, easy-touch explosive play for this Alabama offense. Second and seven for Alabama now at the Tennessee 36. Hey, something else we talked about is maybe some more screens. You know, we talked about that with Clint Lamb and Jimmy Stein on Thursday night tight. Okay, you want you want some screen action? Well, here you go. Going to try to throw it back to Roydell Williams. The problem is Tennessee and zone coverage. So Aaron Beasley, the linebacker right there, sees it because his eyes are in the backfield. And then the defensive back, Haddon, playing zone, is able to clean that up pretty easily. How about another screen? How about another throwback? This time, similar concept, just going to try to get it back to C.J. Dupree, the tight end. But immediate pressure, and really some of this coming over J.C. Latham there. And it's too quick getting to Jalen Milrow to give it a chance to get the football to C.J. Dupree. You'll see it again, kind of a slice action by Dupree to the backside. J.C. at right tackle, and he gives up a little bit of early pressure to the, to the side that Alabama needed to protect. You wanted this guy that's coming off the other edge to come. Now, 53's got his eyes in the backfield. He's ready for it as well. But another screen attempt that goes awry for the Alabama offense. That brings up a third and seven for Jalen Milrow and his guys. Looks like you're going to play some five-man protection. But as you see right there, and we saw this throughout the game, Amari Nyblack with just a little bit of a chip to try to help Caden Proctor. Saw more of that, I thought, on Saturday than we had seen in some previous games. And you release Jace to the flat out here. And here's Jalen stepping up, able to make a clean throw. And there is Jermaine Burton, who to that point had been pretty quiet. But you see here, you're able to high-low this corner, Haddon. You got him sitting in the flat here, but by releasing the back, that sort of holds him over there and gives Jermaine plenty of space to work and get open. It is a well-thrown ball, and it is a first down for the Alabama offense. As we watch the right side of that offensive line work once again, wasn't going to work all that much for Pierce against J.C. Latham. He's got the speed. He's got a nice bull rush, but... uh, J.C. is equipped to handle pretty much both of those, and he does so right there. Alabama now with a first and 10 with 8.56 left in the first half. Now at the Tennessee 24-yard line, Jalen with a little slice action to Isaiah Bond in the flat. Again, like the easy touches that you're able to get your playmakers here in this first half against Tennessee. Here comes Bond across the formation. A lot of times that'll be a tight end that you see used that way. But it's also good to use an explosive guy, like an Amari Cooper that we saw in the Lane Kiffin era utilized in similar situations. And again, the impact of the threat of the back on the Tennessee defense. Look at all these guys attracted to two. And so when Jalen pulls it, he can run it. He can make the easy toss to Bond, and he chooses correctly. And I'll say this for Isaiah Bond. He's done this a couple of times this year at the end of plays. I think some of these defensive backs look at Isaiah Bond and go, ah, he's kind of just a little slot guy. He's not going to look to finish on me at the sideline. Well, hadn't found out bees in his shoulder right here as Bond delivers the blow 
Third and seven now for Alabama. At about the 10-yard line, Alabama going to protect with five here, trying to give itself some time to develop a route that can get at least inside the three. That's the situation you did have working in your favor here. You didn't have to score a touchdown. You could still get a first down at the three. But Jalen pretty much knows where he wants to go with this one. Sees he has zone coverage, and he wants to go to his guy, Jermaine Burton, right there between the safety and the corner. Slaughter and McCullough, and fits it in there nicely. Ball comes out quick. It's a nice route from Burton. Works it kind of as if he's going to go outside, pivots back to the inside. There you see the window, and the ball is already coming out. It's out. It's accurate. It's got velocity. Burton hangs on through the contact. And again, pretty good job here by Caden Proctor against Pierce. 6.08 left in the second quarter. 13-7 game. Milton dropping back here for Tennessee. Wants to throw the football. He gets some in, He gets some edge pressure. And that's actually Jihad Campbell coming off the edge. And he has that ability to kick out there and get after the quarterback. The problem is Milton's able to step up into the pocket. And because you have Dallas Turner and Deontay, you can see right there in the middle of the field, Deontay's trying to take away that dig route that Tennessee likes to throw in these situations. Well, the depth of those guys affords Milton the opportunity to have a chance to get to the sticks. And on first watch, it looks like he actually does. But as we see here, stop the play. First and 10, maybe not. So the officials take a look at it. And right here you can see Milton just gets that forearm on the ground, which signifies the end of the play. And Josh Heupel's going to go for it. Tennessee hasn't been good at all on fourth downs this season to date. Josh Heupel says to heck with analytics. We're going to go for it from our own 34 up six. And it looks like right here a predetermined run to Joe Milton, but I see Warren, the tight end, coming underneath as if there's a shovel, there's a shovel tag on this thing. But Dallas Turner, as he has done in this situation on previous occasions this season, he is sudden in getting up the field. He forces Milton back inside. Still looks like Milton, with his size, is going to be able to get to the line to gain, but he does not. As we see here on the replay, Good stuff from Deontay Lawson. And Jihad Campbell, in grabbing the football right here, pulling at the football, prevents Joe Milton from being able to extend the football out to the 35. And as a result, Milton is going to be just short. There you see Warren underneath. Kind of makes me think there was a shovel tag here. He's kind of looking at Milton like, you're going to give it to me? It wasn't there, really. But Turner forces Milton back inside. There you see Lawson and Campbell come together on the quarterback. And Campbell's got the football with both hands. So Milton can't extend it, as you see right there again. And it's a fourth down stop, the first of a couple for this Alabama defense on Saturday. Second and seven, Alabama in good shape with 317 left in the first half. Everything that has happened positively for Tennessee and here's Alabama with an opportunity in the red zone, or at least approaching the red zone, to take the lead. Unfortunately for the Crimson Tide, it wasn't meant to be. Good protection here. I think Jalen sees what he wants up top, 
So he's going to take that shot to Jermaine Burton. Ball comes out. And give Slaughter some credit because it looks like he actually got his hand on the football, which helped create the turnover for McCullough. But as we'll see on the replay, you're throwing this back into that Southwest sun too. You see the glare coming off of Burton's face shield there early in the route. Now you're looking back into the sun and I'm thinking it's not a good throw by Jalen. He's either got to throw that thing to the outside of the pylon or it's got to really be back shoulder. But again, you'll watch this on, there it is, right off of Jermaine's face mask and shoulder pad. Wasn't able to get that left arm free. Looked like Jermaine wanted to use the left arm to keep Slaughter at bay and then try to catch it with his right hand. The ball wasn't deep enough, though. So it wasn't really a back shoulder, and it wasn't really to the pylon, but the ball still hits Burton in his upper extremities. Kind of just a unfortunate series of events, I'd say, for Alabama in that situation late in the first half. And it becomes even more unfortunate for this team as Tennessee takes over the football with 310 left in the half, and it starts with a design quarterback run for Joe Milton. And next thing you know, here's Tennessee with 16 seconds left in the half with a third and goal. And if you're Alabama here, you're thinking, we got to force another red zone field goal. It does not happen. That concept I talked about earlier with Warren that went off of his fingertips. Again, it's these Tennessee tight ends, seven touchdown catches on the season after this one. And it's Castle that's able to get out into that left flat. And we saw this from Texas A&M too. Texas A&M had the fourth and short, as you'll recall, in College Station in the first quarter of that game and wasn't able to give Max Johnson enough time to hit one of these tight ends on the corner route. But Tennessee, again, creates traffic with the first guy and then works off of that to the second guy. If you're on offense, it's a rub. If you're on defense, it's a pick. If you're Tennessee right here, though, it's a touchdown. And at the time, it felt like a catastrophic score. Again, you see both defenders get caught up in the wash. Castle's able to work off of that, and it is a touchdown. So now early in the third quarter, Alabama down 20-7, to really needing some good things to happen offensively. And it doesn't take long as Jalen's going to take it and give to McClellan on a little bit of a split zone look. You can already see Seth McLaughlin is doing a good job. And also, Tennessee very aggressive in bringing the linebacker, shooting the linebacker to the right of the defense and the left of the Alabama offense. Tyler Booker is able to account for Aaron Beasley. And so with Beasley vacating and the safety here getting caught inside, you see C.J. Dupree right here crossing the field he attracted a couple of guys in doing so and with that and up here at the top you're running off this corner in man coverage now jace has got something working and he takes advantage of it gets up field and it's a 29 yard pickup for the alabama running back you see it here once again look at mclaughlin right there early good job by the right side look at Jaden roberts and also jc latham we talked about the safety right here. 
not being in a good spot as Jace makes his cut. Here's Beasley. He had just shot the gap there at the snap. So it all opens up beautifully for Jace McClellan, who is able to produce the first of five runs of 10 yards or more for the Alabama offense there in the second half. Next play, shot time, right? You look at the field position, you look at the down and distance, that certainly speaks to the possibility of a shot, and it's going to be. Play action off of Jace. Jace going to release. You see here, Latham giving up a little bit of pressure, but unlike on the strip sack, and Nick talked about this, Nick Saban did in his postgame press conference, Jalen stepped up just enough to give himself a clean throwing lane on the deep ball to Isaiah Bond. You had a motion back into a stack for Alabama. You'll see it right here as it develops. And once Isaiah hits the post, McDonald is no match. He falls down a little bit. The safety is sitting in the middle of the field, and it is a much-needed quick strike touchdown for the Alabama offense, thanks in part to some solid navigation skills from Jalen Milrow, who seems more comfortable with that when it's coming to his vision side. I think most quarterbacks are. You're going to deal with pressure you can see a lot better than pressure you can't, and that's where it goes back to sort of the innateness of that, the feel of it. So Tennessee with the football now, following the Alabama touchdown, it is a second and seven. You see the polar for Tennessee at the tackle position, pulling back to the right. And when Deontay Lawson sees that, he wastes no time. He shoots right in there in that opening, and he's able to make the stop there on Jalen Wright with emphasis. So that's going to lead to a third and long. Alabama able to get off the field, get the football back now with a first and 10 from its own 30. Good stuff here. When you're dealing with attacking sort of linebackers, hyper linebackers and safeties against your run game, this is another way to combat that. You get those guys flowing to that back, and then you bring that tight end and the quarterback the other way. You'll see it right here. You see C.J. Dupree lined up in line at the top of the formation at about the 30-yard line. You bring the motion across with Bond. And watch these three guys right here for Tennessee, all these guys, right? Watch them as they are attracted to the action to the back. Yep, all three, and especially this guy, because once he gets inside here, now CJ's got leverage for days. And give Jalen a lot of credit. He's got a couple of guys down here to the bottom of the screen, but he's patient. He allows it to open up, and he delivers a catchable and yards after the catchable ball. The C.J. Dupree, a little bit of a scary hit right here. You hate to see these kind of hits on these guys. They don't always end up so good, but C.J. pops right up. And also, in defense of the defenders these days, I mean, they essentially have nowhere to hit. You know, the rules have made it where you essentially have to go to that area. So, first and 15 now for Alabama. It's kind of a weird series there of events. You had a couple of offsides penalties against Tennessee defensively, and then you had a snap infraction against Seth McLaughlin. So now you're in first and 15 with 11-17 left in the third quarter. It is going to be five-man protection here. As Jalen's got pretty good time, I'd say, yeah, that's really good. 
and he's able to come back to the middle of the field and hit Isaiah Bond. But again, it starts with protection. It isn't always pretty. And there again is that chip. See the chip for Oots early to the left of Jaden Proctor? Starts with that. Left side isn't pretty, but gets the job done. Really like the right side, boy. Latham is posted up, and it is not happening over there. Same thing for Jaden Roberts at right guard, who, as we know, had to leave the game and came back. So solid protection, a nice ball from Jalen that has to be pretty much a ball that sits Bond down there because you've got a converging defender there coming from the right side of the screen. It's a nice ball. It is a first down for the Crimson Tide. First and 10 for Alabama. 10.43 left. I don't know if I would suggest this as a method of running the option, but Jalen makes it work here, gets it out to Roydell on the perimeter. It is pretty much a dead play from the start. And Roydell at this point is trying to take care of the ball. But watch this. This is, at, this is not only to the head, it's after the play. And totally understanding that defenders are taught to punch the ball out. But you can see the official, he's spotting the footballs, what he's doing over on the Tennessee sideline. His hand's going up. The play is over. And here comes the shot to the head of Roydell Williams with no flag. I mean, it's pretty easy to see, isn't it? Right in front of you. Watch Isaiah Bond. Come on. That's straight to the head. And it's late. But, and that's a scary type of turn there for Roydell, given his history with knee injury. Uh, the official does not throw the flag. And I've said it before. A lot of times, if that happened on the Alabama sideline, I could almost guarantee you the flag comes out. And that's 15 yards. No flag there, though. And with that, Josh Heupel, man, you got to wonder if he didn't make the trip over to Philadelphia, Mississippi after the game. Gambling, Josh Heupel. Throwing the analytics out the window once again. And it's a fourth and one. Going to run it between the tackles, but maybe you're not. Tim Smith, let's give this guy a lot of credit on a couple of occasions, not only uh, on the interior, but he also got it done on the edge against uh, tight end Jacob Warren in one situation too. But the interior of that Alabama defensive line makes this possible right here for Jihad Campbell to clean this up. And he does a really nice job of making sure there is nothing after contact. See Chris Braswell in there. Uh, you see Tim Smith, yep, just make a pile. Campbell comes in, cleans it up, and it's another fourth down stop for the Alabama defense. Alabama offense now, Crimson Tide trailing by three with 5.08 left to go in the third quarter. It is a third and three. Milrow wants to throw it against a four-man pass rush. Up top, you're still having some issues trading guys off from time to time. But Milrow makes it good. And this is pretty much middle-of-the-field coverage from Tennessee to up the degree of difficulty, as you'll see here. Watch as this thing develops. Really trying to take away the middle of the field. You got a mesh concept working there with Bond and C.J. Dupree. And Burton's going to keep working over the top of that, but there's not a lot of room. But Jalen goes there anyway, and give Burton some credit there. Does just enough to come back to the football to eliminate the possibility of that defender to his face being able to make a play there. So it is a first down. First and 10 now for Alabama at the Tennessee 18. 
Here comes Nye Black in motion, and it's split zone. But again, that action keeps those interior defenders in there, whether it's the two inside linebackers that you can see there. You see Roberts trying to work up to the second level. You even got a backside safety, which was something Tennessee utilized a lot on Saturday. They really like to bring that safety, uh, especially on early downs. But Jalen's going to keep it here. And Nye Black is able to occupy McDonald just enough. And Jalen, very decisive and with emphasis at the end of this run. As you see here, JC gets his guy turned down. Nye Black coming out in space. You got Dupree working out in space. But as much as anything, once Jalen saw the crease, there was no hesitance. There was just decisiveness. And again, there, a little uh, straight arm to finish it with emphasis. So first and goal for Alabama at the Tennessee five trailing 20 to 17. And here you see a zone concept and it really looks like initially the right side of Alabama's offensive line with a tight end doing a good job. Look at Jaden Roberts getting pushed there. JC turning his guy out. C.J. Dupree doing a good job. And where C.J. Dupree and I think it's Malik Benson here do some of their best work is that they don't hold. You'll see Dupree. You'll see Benson there. Nope, not going to push this guy in the back here down around the five or four-yard line. Yeah, the Tennessee fan isn't enjoying that, is he? You'll see it. Pretty good work, though, by the right side. Watch Roberts and Latham. Latham's able to come off his guy. I think this could have been a two-way touchdown. I think if Jace had stayed inside, there was the real possibility of scoring on this run. But he is very effective when he makes that move to the outside. You see Dupree right there on 30 for Tennessee. Watch, his hands come off. That's big. And then Benson right here on the corner because you've got an official looking at this each and every time. Watch Benson, hands come up. Nope, not doing it. And Jace is able to get the pylon. There it is once again. And give the Crimson Tide the lead in the football game at 24 to 20. Late in the third quarter now, defense really, really starting to exert its will. It's third and 17. This is a play, if you want to play inside linebacker in 2023 in the Southeastern Conference, this is the play that'll kind of show you what it's all about. Jihad Campbell, just from that vantage point, it's an impressive play to keep Warren short of the sticks on third and 17. But as we run it back here, follow follow this guy that I got the arrow on right here in the middle of the field. That's Jihad Campbell. This is at the snap. Now watch everything Jihad Campbell and the space he has to cover here. Look at where Jihad Campbell is right there. He is on the top hash. Joe Milton at this point is making the decision to work back to his left. And as you can see, at about the 25, Warren is open and on the move. Now, it's a tight end. I get it. But still, look at the ground Campbell covers to make that stop short of the sticks. Very, very impressive. Third and 10 now for Alabama offensively with 12.50 to go in the game. Jalen wants to throw it, gets heat, and again, decisively makes that decision to go get the yardage. Not always about playing quarterback. I know Nick Saban talks about the point guard situation, but he's also mentioned if someone is up on you, you got to be willing to go by him too. And that's what Jalen does here. 
again, as you look at the left side of the offensive line, it seems like passing guys off. The right side, you'll notice, watch Latham and Roberts here. See how they pass this off there? Now watch watch Booker and watch Proctor down here. They got the same guy right now, which is a problem because that means one of the guys that is stunning is probably going to be freed up. And it ends up being one of those guys. But to Booker's credit, and similar to what Jalen had to do here, it isn't always going to go by design. Sometimes you just have to play football. Watch Tyler Booker right here. Just enough. And Milrow wastes no time getting upfield. And that's one of those body blows that carries more weight than it even seems like when you're watching it in real time to a defense because they got you. And then they don't. And now Alabama's extending the drive with a second and nine with 11.42 to go now. And it is, again, the pullers. You bring Jaden Roberts around from the right side. You bring Robbie Oots around as well. And this is another one of those that I think Alabama had it blocked well enough for Jace to work inside. See Oots and Roberts, the position they're in right there. But Jace chooses to go outside, and he breaks the containment, gains leverage, and he's able to turn it into a first down. A good job by the offensive line. Jaden Roberts, once again, effective as a puller. And Jace getting it done here in the second half in the run game. Third and seven now for Alabama. Here comes the four-man rush, and it's more of a simulated pressure, but it's a situation. Texas A&M, teams put stuff on tape. And now everybody's got it. Until you address it, you're going to keep seeing it. And remember the blindside hit that Jalen took in College Station? Well, here it comes pretty much again. You see Caden Proctor, his eyes go down. We talked about it, kind of how that works between Booker and Proctor from time to time. You get a free runner from the boundary, and it's a big hit on Jalen Milrow. And I'm led to believe that it's probably Caden that was supposed to fan and pick this guy up just based on his just based on his reaction. And as I said earlier, I'm hesitant to just definitively make statements about offensive line play because I don't know the protections that are called. But with Nye Black releasing out here. You see Proctor with his back to the sideline, and now it's as if it hits him that I've uh, I've not got my guy here. And Milrow, to his credit, again, hangs on to the football because that's a situation where the ball can come loose and not just come loose, but as we'll see with Joe Milton shortly, go for a defensive score. So It's a 50-yard field goal attempt for Will Reichard. How about a year ago in Knoxville from 50? Will wasn't able to convert, missed out to the right. And when this ball comes off his foot, I'm thinking, oh, no. This is going to miss right once again. But check out the flags on the goalpost, right? Where else are you going to get this type of field goal analysis, by the way? Look at the flags up here. And also, Will wasn't on the right hash mark this time. He's more towards that left hash mark, which a lot of kickers like because then they can line up on that right post and sort of hit that draw or they can go at it as hard as they want because typically if you go at a kick hard, your miss is probably going to be to the left. 
you can work it off that right upright, bring it back in. Maybe you got a little right-to-left breeze working for you there. Regardless, Will Riker sneaks it inside that right upright from 50, as we can see right here on the replay. Ooh. And it did have sort of that draw rotation to it. You can tell how the ball is spinning that uh, he got a little bit of a toe draw on that and maybe a little help from the elements as well. So now a 27-20 to 20 game. Milton wants to drop back and throw it. Braswell, a little bit of a hezzy. Maybe it was a pass rush concept where they wanted to kind of keep Milton in there, but he eventually wins with his hands. And after he wins with his hands, he wins in the form of a strip sack that is picked up by Jihad Campbell and returned for a decisive touchdown with 7.26 left in the game. Second straight year we've seen that for an Alabama linebacker. Uh-oh, here come the surrender Cobras. Those will come out once that lead goes to 13 or 14. There it is from the Tennessee contingent. But we'll see it once again. Watch the handwork by Chris Braswell here. Chris is able to get up and under right here. And he keeps that chest clean. And when that offensive tackle can't get engaged with a guy like Braswell, and what's amazing is Braswell actually accelerates despite having to put his hand on the ground. It's kind of like a basketball player. You know, that's going the length of the court. How many dribbles does it take a guy or a gal to go the length of the court dribbling the basketball? That's something I keep an eye on in hoops. Well, how many steps did it take Chris Braswell to get to Joe Milton once he turned the corner? Not many. And that's with putting his hand on the ground, too. So he forces the fumble, Jihad there in good shape, and it's starting to feel like the cigars are going to be coming out here shortly for the Alabama fan base. All right, this is one that uh, sort of sticks in the crawl of Alabama fans here lately. And look, you got an ambidextrous punter for Tennessee and Jackson Ross. So you don't know if he's going to kick left-footed or right-footed. They motion back across to the right. So you're thinking he's going to kick right. Then the motion guy goes back left. So who the heck knows at this point? But Ross is, he, and it's also frustrating if you're a return guy, these guys that sort of hesitate and take their time and allow the coverage another step or two to get down the field. Ross does that. He kind of steps up into the pocket and punts. Uh, but Kool-Aid, it's not a lot of confidence exuded from Kool-Aid of late. It doesn't seem. He had a couple of mishaps in sort of trying to direct traffic and a muff there at Mississippi State. Uh, and he just lets this ball hit at about the 24-yard line. He's in great shape to make the catch. And I understand, too, today's punters, you know, you used to be able to go out and just get on the jugs machine to practice catching punts. Well, the way all these Aussies and these punters these days punt the football, it's end over end, it's sideways. You know, it can be tough to judge from that perspective as well. But you really, really want to see Kool-Aid with more confidence there. And you see Nick Saban on the sideline. You'll see him say it, catch the ball. You're in position. Catch the ball. We're up 14. We're going to have the ball at the 24, 25. And now Alabama backed up inside its own three, which brings us to that fourth and one with 434 to go. And you're thinking what I'm thinking at this point. The only way Alabama can even come close to losing this game is if this ball gets snapped. Because you know Nick Saban. You know Alabama isn't going for this from their own 12. You know, which kind of made me think I wouldn't even have 
I wouldn't even have tried this because of the mishaps that you've had with inadvertent snaps. And you know the hard count's coming. So you're thinking, surely Seth McLaughlin is not going to snap the football no matter what here. We'll see it. See Jalen. He's looking to the sideline. He's letting that clock run. There's the clap, clap. No snap. You breathe a sigh of relief there that there's no snap. Now Jalen goes up under center, and you're still thinking, do not snap the football here. And you go hard count, and you're able to sort of get through this without the football being snapped and not giving Tennessee the ball inside your own 15, potentially. 3.53 left in the game now. First and 10 for the Vols. It is a four-man pass rush. You're in your heavy nickel. This is a design quarterback run all the way. Tennessee gets it blocked up pretty good there. Campbell is accounted for at the second level. Give Deontay credit. He gets off just enough of his guy to get Milton by a shoestring because that had the potential to go for even bigger yardage. So Milton now going to drop back and throw it on a first and 10. Wants to go to the outside, and there's Trey Amos. Let's talk about this guy a little bit. Came on for the injured Terry and Arnold there in the second half. Did some nice things. You know, you go back to that Jihad Campbell fumble recovery off the Braswell sack. Should have talked about it at that point. But if you watch that back, you'll see Trey Amos took away what Milton wanted initially and really forced Milton to hold the football, allowing Braswell, giving him, giving him that time to be able to close and get the sack and force the fumble. And here's Amos again driving up hard on Ramel Keaton with the pass breakup. I'll tell you now, Trey Amos can play for a lot of people in the Southeastern Conference, not just as a situational guy either. I'm talking about a down-in, down-out corner. And what you love about Trey Amos is he came to Alabama as a transfer with multiple years of eligibility, uh, not just one. So something to think about as well. This one is for me because I love the kicking game, and I like to acknowledge guys that do good work on coverage and return units, especially guys that are positional players that maybe a week ago you saw a good bit at their position, and then the next week you don't really see them much because it really was Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams once again as the one-two punch. There wasn't that extension that went into Jam Miller and Justice Haynes at the running back position. But I like to do this because this is one of those guys that I'm talking about. It's a James Burnett punt here with 140 left in the game. Watch Jam Miller get down here and help cover this thing. This is a nice tackle right here. Good stuff from Jam Miller. Deserves to be recognized for that. You can already see, too, even on the broadcast, it's getting smoky. Looks like it's getting smoky in Bryant-Denny Stadium. So now, 46 seconds left. I like to spotlight this, too. Effort is always something that I like to put on. Uh, these shows that we do, and you'll see it from Justin Aboigby here. Three-man pass rush. Aboigby's able to get some pressure. You got Braswell working into Milton's face, and Milton feels that. Milton wants to create time to throw the ball down the field. I mean, it's a 14-point game with 40 seconds left. You're not going to check it down, so you understand that if he gets some early pressure, he's going to look to extend at that point because he doesn't want to do what Alabama wants him to do. 
Alabama, Tennessee out of timeouts, wants him to throw the football into the field of play completed. And you'll see it right here. Watch a Boigby against Mays right there. He's starting to win, and that's going to push, help push Milton out. You see the check down. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to check it down to right. So uh, ends up going for a sack between Braswell and Turner. Good stuff from a Boigby there. So we get into the post game. And how about CBS going to present Nick with a cigar? Nick's already told us that he doesn't particularly like to smoke cigars, but there you go. There's a cigar for Nick. Nick's happy, man. Nick said it in the post game. He really likes his team. It's a lot of fun. They're taking years off of his life, but in sort of a thrilling fashion. So you're willing, I guess, to make that trade. And there you see Nick walk off. The cigar's already out of the mouth. On to the next thing. Jalen Milrow deservedly getting his shine as well. That's going to do it for the latest edition of Second Watch here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. As always, we appreciate you joining us here. We certainly encourage you to join us at BamaOnline.com. If you are a new subscriber and you do the annual plan, you're going to get 50% off right now. That's a limited time only, so you need to take advantage of that. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel or our podcast outlets, we certainly hope you will do that as well. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again, and until next time, so long, everybody.